from the heart of Austin, Texas, this is Take It or Leave It with your hosts, Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Take It or Leave It. For Roger Craycroft and Chandler Holloway, I'm Nathan Fernandez. This is episode number 66. Um, We're getting pretty close to some milestone numbers here. We're coming to you from the room in which we watched Victor Wembenyama uh, essentially become a San Antonio Spur. And Yeah, I guess this room is like good luck now. Yeah, I think it is. That's nice. It's in my house. Yeah, it's actually Pepper the dog's room, so I think... Yeah, she she's, was she's, a big Victor fan. Yeah, well, we're here chewing the fat. She's over there chewing the rawhide. Right. So. <laughs> she's a guest on today's show. Yes, if you hear some pops and clicks, it's just uh, Pep going ham on that ham bone over there. Nothing else. It's our not first, our first guest on the show, actually. Our first guest. So welcome, Peps, to the show. Friend of the friend of the show. Friend of the podcast. Oh, first time, long time. First Peps. time, long time. Yeah. Some some would say she's family. Um. Well. Well. Summer League has ended now. Wemby has played his two games for the Spurs. Uh, the first game, which I'm sure everybody was really, really hyped for. I know we were. There was no other headlines leading up to it about any other uh, former pop stars in Vegas approaching him. But game one kind of sucked for Wemby. Uh, he Yeah, but we'll talk about it. But yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. He he was really getting still used to the kind of change of pace, and obviously he uh, had played a whole season, and and then pretty much did press for three straight weeks in a suit. Uh, but mm-hmm. he did shoot two for thirteen, so there was a lot of great uh, clickbait out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming into that game, he was playing a different kind of game. The last few days, the the media circus thing, I guess. You know, we don't have to get too deeply into it. But he probably shot two for two, and <laughs> uh, and his security guard had one block. Yeah. But when we did his job, at least on the defensive end, uh, like that security guard, uh, five blocks, three assists on the night in that first game. Uh, we definitely saw some really good flashes of him. He he yeah, was man. distributing a lot. He, I was impressed by his handle. I hadn't watched him play for extended minutes, and I liked that in that first game, they really let him just kind of play. Like, I think he played like you know. They play shorter quarters, but he definitely played a good majority of that game. And even when we were, uh, even when it was a close game at the end, he still wasn't hitting shots. Right. They let him keep playing. I think that's a good sign. For yeah. Him. He didn't shoot. He didn't shoot great, obviously. Um, but like the the effort and the motor was was definitely there, and just that like uh, that that freak. Qual- I don't I don't like calling basketball players freaks like that. But that that like. Uh, <laughs> That incredible quality he has to just be larger than anybody, like even just guys that are seven feet tall. He was grabbing some really un, unreal rebounds. Yeah, and just the effort, like second chance points, getting rebounds even when it looked like he might not be able to get to it. Yeah. Just outworking guys on the block a couple of times. Like uh, you see the flashes. Yeah. He got stripped and had some turnovers. He was drawing a lot of attention, and I think he realized that at some point and, and had some nice assists, got his teammates involved. So, like, I saw a lot of good stuff even in that first game. Yeah. And that's not even including what he did in the second game. Right. Good transition there. The The second game against the Blazers, uh, which we actually ended up losing, but 
Wemby had a really good game in that one. He seemed a lot more comfortable. It definitely seemed like um, they weren't um, relying on him as much to set a bunch of screens and to, you know, play make a ton. Uh, they were they were getting him hit the ball in his space a lot more. He had a lot more um, time on the wing to sort of dribble handoff and set some screens, but not as much as he had to in the first game. He ended up shooting a, a very efficient 9 for 14, uh, two three-pointers, 27 points, 12 rebounds, like you mentioned. He looked a lot more comfortable. He looked a lot uh, looser. I think that first game, when you saw the, the pictures of that arena, uh, just completely packed out for a summer league game, which I know you, you've yeah. been to, and there's usually like 12 to 15 people there. Yeah, that was more than, more than ten years ago. So yeah, that was, that was the year Demar Derozan was playing. So that, that yeah. that'll tell you how long ago that was. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember seeing things like that. Maybe in the smaller, uh, the smaller gym, you'd see the seats fill up. But yeah, it was also really funny seeing all the seats empty before the next game. Right for this, yeah, each night the yeah. late game and in the second game there definitely weren't as many people. You know that first game. A yeah. lot of people showed up for just like they will for his first game um, in the NBA. So yeah, and I think I think we saw some good stuff out of out of the other guys yeah. too. Um, Julian Champagne yeah. <laughs> was really running the offense and like being aggressive in the first game, and like they won it pretty handily. Um, Wemby played great in the second, you know, and they didn't even win. Right, but they were down sixteen, is what I remember seeing, yeah. and came all the way back to to two. Yeah, mostly on some really heavy late game effort from Wemby, right. which I don't think I I was not expecting to see him Me either in there that late in the game. Yeah, I thought I, he was going to be done, and to see him make that push um, with some of those other guys getting involved too, that was that was really heartening. So yeah, yeah, um, Julian, I call him Julian Champagne. Yeah, um, yeah. our our Argentinian, our best Argentinian player. Um, he yeah he just obviously he cooks actual NBA players and in the summer league he's just like after the first game I was like well if it wasn't for Wemby he actually probably wouldn't even be like he doesn't have like a secure spot in our rotation but we did sign him to a new deal and we'll talk about uh, our other deals a little bit later but he was really good Um, you know Malachi Brandom had the same thing from game two to three. He he sucked in game two uh, when Wemby went off. And then in game three, he had 29 points. Uh, very efficient, uh, finding his spots. And he just looks, he looks super comfortable already as well. And I, I we're going to talk about it later, but I'm really, really actually kind of concerned now how deep our roster is because <laughs> a lot of these guys are just not going to get a ton of playing time. And seeing Wemby getting to play with, them was a great sign because you know when he's playing with the actual first team guys they're going to be able to find his his game and 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 his space a lot easier so yeah it'll be cool to see them gel and just those other guys like their games start to open up with Wemby drawing a lot of attention you know like yeah when we play Houston I want them to come after Wemby yeah they're going to because all the other dudes will you know, it's going to spread the floor wide open for them. Sure. And hopefully we'll get to a couple of them to go off. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, very exciting. Lots of lots of fun matchups coming up yeah, this, this it, season. Yeah, it feels good to be excited again for the Spurs. I know we were spoiled. We only had maybe four, five bats. I can't even say four bat seasons because I feel like we were in the playoffs four years ago against the Nuggets. So, um yeah. I, I mean, and and it's it's pretty exciting now in our our division. I know we right. we like to talk about the division, even though it means nothing in the NBA. But it, I mean, it's cool. Houston has 
a totally stacked roster too of of young talented yeah. guys. Dallas is like continually trying to bring big guys in and like break through. Um, but they've got tons of star power, so yeah. those games will be exciting. Memphis is like really building up their roster too, and yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on with yeah, them. Right the, to bear arms in, in the media. Memphis. So I mean, yeah, that's it's a cool um, little corner of the NBA we inhabit. There's these a lot of game we're fitting there. Oh, it, is there another one? Was that was five just, we just listed? No, it was just four. I think there's is one it five? more. I think there's five. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. That's right. New Orleans yeah. has a lot going on too. A lot of really good fun a lot of stuff in the media. In that, with New Orleans. In that. And then we didn't. Uh, we you, know, you made me think about the they announced the in season tournament, uh, which I'm also very excited about. Um, right. As a big soccer slash football fan, um, there is something to be said about having another tournament or cup that's you know an alternative to the main goal. Yeah. Um, kind of surprising that it wasn't a thing before too. Yeah. Because that's a thing in high school and right, college basketball. Right. Right. You have other games. You know conference early games game, and stuff early season tournaments right yeah it's true so i'm excited I, I read through the structure it's very it's laid out very well it's going to take place entirely in the month of november uh they're not going to add any more games to the regular season uh, except if you're in the championship game and you know we're in a tough group i know the warriors are in there the kings are in there so it's going to be tough but it's going to be really fun and like the where they placed it in November, great. Like you get yeah. people watching the NBA a month before they normally would. Exactly. Like people start watching exactly. the Christmas games. And it's actually going to be perfect because, um, you know, that championship game, the NBA cup, as they're going to call it final is going to be like the first weekend after college football really ends. Nice. So they should get some pretty good airtime. And yeah, like you said, people will start paying attention about a month before than they ever did. Um, and, and yeah, they're going to, they're going to host the games on Tuesdays and Fridays for the month of November. And you're going to know those as the cup games, there's regular season games, but I'm excited because I think, you know, you're going to be planning a little bit differently around those games later on, knowing if you need to, uh, you know, if you're already out of contention to move on, or if you're still in contention and play certain guys, it'll give other guys, you know, uh, some playing time. I think they wouldn't normally get. Yeah. The uh the reward being like half a million per player. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And like two hundred thousand for the the runner up. Yeah. Per player. And the, f- um, and the fact that they're just normal regular season games doesn't mean any effort will, will change. Yeah, you know? not necessarily. I think what like the semifinals and the the final are not included in the schedule. No, they are. Those will just count as those regular season matchups for those teams. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I knew that most games were going to count as regular season matchups. I thought they were like just like the final two or three games. I think it's just the final off going to be or just the final. Yeah, some one of yeah. one of those will be off the schedule or something. Right, and for the teams that don't make it, they will have time at the end of the schedule where they schedule those games. So, okay, yeah, it's pretty smart. I got to hand it to them. I think a lot of Americans were super against it. Um, but I think knowing they don't add any more games is really important because, you know, in soccer you see the young guys will play the earlier games with the cup, uh, which is still great. You get to see a lot of the young guys play, and then they become, like, champions of this cup when the tournament advances. So yeah, I think it's still important for especially the young guys to see, you know, that you can 
you can accomplish something that's not just an NBA title. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, th- I just think it's, it was a smart move by the yeah. NBA. Like, because like, not only are you getting people to start watching earlier, but you're also, like, giving players more incentive to play more games earlier in the season and, like, you know, a little bit of that yeah. load management, right. like, reduction. Right. But I don't know. Maybe it maybe it gets players to play fewer games. Yeah. Like, through the true the, through that early part of the second half of the season right. af- after the tournament and right like around the all-star game yeah you just won't see guys for like a month i don't know i think it's really good as well because a lot of the times especially in those early parts of the season it's going to be in november entirely you know guys are still are still kind of warming up especially if they were injured so yeah when i think <laughs> i think it would just be hilarious if you had someone like dame lillard or like carmelo anthony if it existed in his day just being like 12-time NBA Cup winners, but never winning a, ri- a real ring, you know? That's but then they're gonna, still remembered for that. You that's know? probably going to be a thing. Yeah. Someone's going to win an NBA Cup and just start dominating every year. Yeah, like all of Philip Rivers' uh, <laughs> yeah. all-star game appearance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> win it eight times. Like, career earnings in the NBA Cup game were like $4 million. Or maybe, maybe the reward will go up. Ten ten million dollars over you know career for winning NBA cups no but no finals no finals rings. I kind of like the setup that the MLB has where the All Star Game has real strategic implications right. for the playoffs. Right. But I mean, I, given how much resistance there was already from the players just to get it done, I can see why just making it a monetary incentive makes more sense. It's a good middle ground. And I mean, to be honest, I, look, I'm I'm a known not baseball watcher, but the MLB All Star Game freaking suck too so like they it was three two they didn't score barely any any till the end they start trying which is the same for the nba game um pitchers aren't throwing the same and everything but i do agree it, it does help them turn it on a little bit more at the end especially the guys who whose teams are at the top of the standings knowing that 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 decide wait did they take that out no they took it out in the mlb right no no no, no. it still has a it still counts <laughs> okay well, either way, yeah, they, that won't happen. But that's that's also why I respect the Lakers for winning the championship in the bubble because they they didn't have that's home court. That's interesting. Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah, Mickey Mouse ring. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so they, they didn't have home court. Well, they, didn't they didn't have, have home have, crowd. Yeah, they didn't or have away fans. crowd. Yeah. So it's, it's an even playing field. I don't know why you're resisting, Roger. You're the no, Lakers I, guy here. I don't <laughs> totally disagree. I didn't just see anyway. Just Russell Westbrook yelling at babies and children in the stands. So some of my biggest takeaways from Wemby in the Summer League, and I mentioned a couple of these already. Um, I don't think Wemby needs to set a million screens a game. I think that'll change as as the season mm-hmm. goes on. Um, Didn't seem like he was he's particularly good at setting screens right, either. Right. I think he's still just a little bit awkward with his movement, especially when you're coming back. To set up, you know, half court offense. Yeah, no, yeah. I just I thought he looked a little eager to uh, yes. to roll to the basket. He did before actually setting the screen, right? Which I understand. Yeah, that that goes into my next point. Uh, you know, I think he should focus a little bit less on, you know, locating his man uh, to box out missed shots and and more so go for rebounds, like you mentioned. Yeah, like cover cover the floor. He was really good in that game too. Of just like even though there were three guys under the paint, he was really good about just locating the ball and. He knows he's taller than everyone. He like doesn't even have to jump to dunk over them, um, and that seemed to work out really well with him. And I don't think he's gonna have any issues, uh, you know, banging with the guys like Joel Embiid and Giannis down there. 
it's going to take us some time to get used to it, but yeah, I think his length is he'll just have, people yeah. are underestimating it. He'll have to earn it, but like yeah. he's just going to do some really unbelievable things yeah. every, every once in a while. Yeah, Agreed. As long as everything, his progression goes well, it'll start, those things will start to happen more frequently. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't get to see him roll with any other skilled big man on defense in summer league, but I do think what we saw from Wemby, him and Sohan are are going to be maybe the best defensive duo in the league soon. Um, both of them with their ability to handle, like we talked about, with their ability to defend um, multiple positions yeah. at their, their age. Yeah, they're both quick still. Effect shots. Yeah. And it already seems like both of them already have good leadership qualities. So, yeah, I can't wait. I just feel very lucky that we have not only this group of players with talent-wise, but personality-wise. It seems like a lot of them are already, like, best friends. Sohan has already taken on this kind of, like, just funny, kind of loose guy who clearly takes his craft very seriously. I felt like the whole season, he was never phased. He looked very comfortable and just... Yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, and, and he sticks to his game. Yeah, and that's that's good for Wemby to be around, not come into a super rigid environment, you know, just let him be. Yeah, like they all want to see right. each other succeed, I think. Yeah, so Spurs lost game two, won game three. Um, game four is happening right now. I don't think we're going to move on to the summer league playoffs or whatever they called, but uh, our boy Serge Ibari is playing right now. He's going to be on a two-way deal. So we'll probably get to, he'll probably be playing up at the Cedar Park Center. Yeah, man, we got to see him. We got to go and see him throw up some pump fakes. Deep. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be up there. There's gonna be some good. There's gonna be some good players that are playing up at the Cedar Park Center. So we are excited for that. And one other side note: our our second round draft pick, uh, CD Sissoko, he is quite the dump truck. He's that guy. Yeah, got a big cushion over there. <laughs> he's going to be bringing up the rear echelon. Yeah, he's sure. yeah next generation of Kalari. He's proud to see that. He looks good at basketball. I think he'll be good on our team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey there, Coach Ducks here. You're listening to Take It or Leave It with Nate and Raj. Give him a follow at T-I-O-L-I-512. Go Spurs go and hook them horns. All right, so moving on to some, uh, I was going to call a free agency roundup, but we truly didn't sign a single free agent that wasn't already on the Spurs, so I can call it trans- transaction roundup. Shocker, man. We mentioned Julian Champagne, uh, who we signed to a deal that I think is going to look really good in a few years. And then a couple other guys we had to sign uh, were Trey Jones and-, and Mamu. So we got Trey Jones, we re-signed him, luckily to a two-year, $20 million deal. I think it was a very you know, team-friendly deal. Uh, I think it provides us you know, some flexibility in a couple of years in case we happen to draft someone else that turns out to be you know, really good as well. And I think uh, Trey probably wanted something short-term as well so he can, you know, can cash in uh, in a few years because he'll have a lot of people calling his name in a couple of years. Yeah, man, that that sounds like it was just a smart move on his on his part because uh, I don't know. Sounds like he's betting on himself and he's all, like that's already a, a really solid deal for where he's at in his career. Yeah, and he'll be able to reassess in a couple years and uh, you know 
if that's like where he thinks he's going and then he gets there, that's, that's, that's perfect for, yeah. for all parties really. I mean, hopefully, you know, if he gets really good, we can hang on to him at that point. Yeah. We have a very heavy guard roster. Not, not a ton of them uh, have the point guard um, really skills that Trey Jones has. So he probably has, you know, a spot in our roster for, for a while. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. And we'll talk a little bit later about how our, how we think the, the starting five is going to look and what other players we have. So we also re-signed uh, Mamu. I haven't even really looked up how to say his full name, um, but I like that Mamu is his, his short form already. Uh, it, was, it was a really small deal, one year, $2 million. I don't know how much playing time he'll really get with a lot of the guys we have coming up, but he he's another one of those guys that grew up Loving the Spurs over in Europe. Um, yeah, he's got one of those photos as a kid wearing he a does. jersey. Yeah, along with many players. Yeah, in Europe and a lot on of Europeans. the Spurs. Yeah, and he he just seems like he's regardless if he plays or not. It seems like he's going to be a really good uh, guy for uh, kind of helping you know Wemby and the other big man uh, get used to playing with a pretty bigger guy, and I think he'll help uh, all of them really help them beef up and, and condition a lot better. So Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be great to have around in, in training camp and stuff. Yeah, and I'm also obviously really excited to see um, eventual shots of Timmy D working with, with Wemby. Mm. Yeah, I want to see I, I want to see happen. I want to see a good photo of Timmy like posting up Wemby. Yeah. Well Wemby probably cook him at this point. But you know, he's got the <laughs> He's bad. crafty man. He's, he's got a little yeah. gunslinger. He's, he's, a touch, yeah. he's the big fundamental. Like he'll yeah. you know he'll he'll really put you to shame if you're if you're not on top of you those last couple years on the spurs i would get so scared watching him run back on defense (laughs) i just saw his knees are gonna buckle up at any moment but they never did he's not like uncle drew yeah (laughs) no no, it's true it just that it just looked like he was ready to fall over speaking of though a few years of rest though you don't think he could go out and get you 20 and 15 he probably could he probably could uh, speaking of Timmy, though, the Hall of Fame ceremony is going to happen. Maybe ten and fifteen in a little bit, um, and he's going to be the presenter for uh, Tony Parker getting into the Hall of Fame, and then also Coach Pop going into the Hall of Fame at the same time. And they're the big three, and David Robinson are going to be his presenters. So pretty cool. Whenever that happens, I'm sure the tears will be flowing. Oh, did you mention uh, Pop resigning? I did not. I mean, only five years. I don't yeah. want to say that we told you so, but only eighty million. Yeah, yeah. He re- he reset the coaching market for right the, for the NBA, which I mean, like that seems so appropriate. I don't yeah, know. I mean, let's let's let like oh he wasn't already getting paid the most. Let's remind everyone who the goat is. He's still around. Yeah, he's still coaching. He's and not going anywhere. I I, I never you don't hear about players sal- uh, coach salaries as much as players, but I didn't realize they actually got paid that little <laughs> compared to the players. Uh, I mean, five years, eighty million dollars is a as a middling NBA roster player. So, <laughs> yeah, you can't put a price tag on cohesive team first NBA basketball folks. That's, That's what true. I have to say about it. That's true. So some other trades we made um, in the market around free, free agency and around um, some of the big trades that were happening. So we acquired uh, Reggie Bullock, uh, the 3 and D swing guy we did. Um, from Dallas. Yeah, we did. Oh, uh, with him, we, totally uh, we acquired a 2030 first round pick. 
from the Mavericks. So that's probably Wemby's future um, young rookie he's going to train uh, six years from now. Uh, and then ex- we, we actually gave up quite a bit for Reggie Bullock. Um, we gave him three uh, future second-round picks as part of a three-team trade, so the Celtics get uh, them as well. And, you know, we have a lot of second-round picks, as we've talked about before. But to give up three for him and one first-round pick seven years from now uh, makes me think that uh, Reggie will probably play – some pretty serious minutes and I don't think we're going to be flipping him um, because he's probably, he's a guy that we really need actually on our, on our squad and yeah, man, three and D and why not? Like I've mentioned before, we have so many picks in the next five years that you're going to see a lot more trades like this because we can only have yeah what 20 guys on the roster with the G league guys or like not even 17 or something. So you just truly can't have that many guys in your roster at that point. So yeah. I mean, it, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's nice to have like a bunch of picks to dangle in front of right. other other GMs right. who would, you know, in most circumstances want like a really one of our really solid players in return. Yeah. It's like, oh, how about yeah, one future first round pick and two second round right. picks, and they're right. like, oh yeah, right, two second oh. round picks, yeah. Oh. Wow, we could do a lot with that. Right, I mean, you exactly. just never know. It's the draft. Yep. I, I'm still pretty convinced uh, we're going to be involved whenever Dame gets traded. I don't think we're going to get him, but I think that um, we're going to be involved in a trade, either a three- or four-team trade. They're going to have to clear some other people off the books. So I think that we might be involved with that. And speaking of the Heat, the other trade we made was uh, Max Struess. Uh, signed with Cleveland, and the Spurs helped uh, the Cavs facilitate a sign-and-trade deal. And in return, we got uh, Seti, uh, Chetty Osman. Chetty, yeah. Chetty Osman and Lamar Stevens, who I've never actually heard of. Um, and we got an, another second-round draft pick in the process. Um, Not bad. And Not bad. and because of that, we, we did reach the floor of our, our cap space, so they, they increased the cap space I'm in a few years with the new uh, CBA, so the Spurs had to get into that money because we didn't sign anybody else in free agency. So um, I'm excited for Chetty Osman. I I think um, yeah he's only getting paid six point seven million. I mean, I mean he's, he's worth that on the surface. He's been solid. We remember him from LeBron's last year in Cleveland. Right. right. I mean, you know, if you're not a Cleveland fan. Um, and, I forgot. It's been so yeah, long. Yeah, that's when, years. and he was he was real young then. Yeah, and he's just been kind of been kind of grinding since yeah. then. So I I expect him to be a really solid, like easy to plug in NBA player that you know is going to be just another kind of cog in this machine of many solid guys that could step up and prove themselves. But right. yeah, it's just like hopefully we can spread the minutes to everybody. Right, and, and, well, really and like find I said. Out well, We'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think there's also we still have Dougie McBuckets on the team, and yeah. Chetty and Reggie Bullock are two guys who arguably play the same position basically. So mm-hmm. they're both three and D guys um, that are gonna get both. All of them are gonna get used to taking several threes a game. So there's gonna be someone's gonna be riding on the bench. Um, Lamar Stevens, he's probably a flyer. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll probably unload him um, if we're involved in another trade. 
Um, I am, I am, I was a little irked, as I'm sure other Spurs fans were, that we we didn't try and sign another free agent. I mean, I know there were a lot of people out there who re-signed with their old teams that we were trying to get, you know, the likes of Brooke Lopez, Austin Reeves, um, a couple other guys, but I'm not really sure, you know, how these trades, uh, you know, truly help um, kind of us in the future. I think I would have liked us to go a little bit harder on trying to sign a free agent because we still have almost $30 million in cap space. Yeah, I just I thought Brooke Lopez made a lot of sense. Yeah. That would have been very like in line with moves we made in the past, like bringing in Pau I mean, Gasol or yeah. you know Mar- Lamarcus Aldridge, and like say right. what, say what you will about those trades. But yeah, that that's something we've done in the past. Yeah, and Lamarcus is actually probably the last and one of the only big free agents we actually got to sign with us that wasn't a trade. Like Kawhi, even we had to trade with Indianapolis to get that pick <laughs> that picked Kawhi. Um, and then tomorrow, obviously, trade. So it was like we we've never really been a free agent destination. But I kind of thought with Wemby, with the additional hype, with the cap space, um, I don't know if getting another second round pick uh, in that trade and getting these two guys really really does anything for this dynamic roster we're set to have in the next yeah, few like years. Yeah, like moves the needle because it doesn't it doesn't really disrupt like the starting lineup or no. the sixth man really. But at the same time, I'm really happy we didn't go like the Rockets and overpay uh, for Dylan Brooks because... There's two sides of it. Yeah, I mean, Fred VanVleet is... He's an NBA point guard. He's really good. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Is he $130 million good? I don't know about that. He was really important in that Raptors run. He was. He was. He was. He was. But But his stats the last couple seasons are... I don't... I don't see it. Well, he definitely, like a lot of players on that roster, you know, obviously thrived because they had Kawhi and Kyle picking up a lot of the a lot of the big um, yeah and slack. I, but that's, that's a good point. I well, don't I don't deny that he will probably yeah. fit in very well in Houston. Yeah, he he'll, he'll he can fit get in used very to the well. heat. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know where he's from, but I I know that at least the Rockets got a third year option on that deal. They only owe him for technically two years, and if he's really not what they what they paid for after eighty million, they can let him walk. Uh, and Dylan Brooks is actually the real head scratcher because yeah, he got four years, eighty million dollars, I think, and I people were talking about him. He like, was just their guy. They, they, they wanted him. They so, wanted him. He's gonna play hard for them, and I think he's definitely a guy they want on that roster. But I just don't know about the price tag. I mean, I kind of like it just because. Houston's arrival and I've we've yeah. we've never liked that guy. Yeah, that's true. He's one of those like it just makes it just makes sense. He's one of those guys that always plays extremely hard, especially yeah. against the Spurs. So we're definitely gonna see that. He's gonna channel that energy uh against the Spurs. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. I I'm sure the NBA is gonna schedule a Rockets game very early on in our season, if not the first night. Um, so we can start channeling that energy and starting a, kind of a new rivalry with the with this era of the Rockets. All right, so yeah, uh, reaching the end of this one, but we got some mailbag questions in. Uh, we didn't do them the last couple of weeks because we had so much to cover on our own, but I blasted out the feeler in the Discord, and as always, people posting up. Much appreciated for those who sent in questions. Our first one comes from Jort Coyote. Which is a love, <laughs> great love that. It's yeah. a great Excellent. image too. If you've ever Excellent. seen the coyote wearing his jorts, uh, some say a cursed image. I say uh, more, please, more and shorter. Um, 
More and less, yeah. More and less. I want to see some Daisy Dukes on the Coyote. Uh, It's this heat index these days. Uh, Anyway, so what do y'all think the most heavily used starting lineup is going to be, and who is going to become the sixth man? Also, how much experimenting do they think we're going to see with Point Sochan? Yeah, the the starting five, I guess most people are kicking around. Um, Trey, Devin, Keldon, Jeremy, and Wemby. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's possible that, and that, uh, who does that put as the sixth man? Um, probably, oh, uh, Zach Collins. Zach Collins or so, Malachi. Yeah. So I, I do actually really kind of see maybe Zach being in the starting five and then Keldon being the sixth man. Yeah. There's a couple of different iterations I think that are possible. There's that one where Wemby is the tallest man on the court, but he's not necessarily the five, the five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's kind of like the de facto. I think that just, that makes a lot of room sense. protector. Yeah. And the other one is leaving Trey out, having Devin, Keldon, Jeremy, Wemby and Collins. Yeah. Have Collins be a more traditional big man. So Wemby can yeah. play the three and four. You've got Devin, uh, carrying the ball most of the time, which that could work because he can create shots. And that could introduce uh, Point Sohan. That lineup, if I could see us. Sohan probably, you know, going to pick up a lot of rebounds and just start running the court. I think a Absolutely. lot of Sohan and is just going to be... That's what he should do, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be him. Too. When he gets rebounds, he's just going to he's just gonna run it up. Yeah, just get the pace going. Like, yeah, get up and down the court fast, outlet passes. Like, you know, just, I, I think they're going to start to bring it together for sure. Especially because yeah. they're all so young and like really, really talented and athletic. Like, yeah, uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of like starting to gel and like getting those uh, those half court sets where you can get a bucket. Like, you know, consistently you can you can rely on a, a couple plays to get a bucket when you need it. Yeah. Um, but then just like totally going full out um, in 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 the transition game. Right. Right. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be one of the fastest moving teams, I think. Um, Oh, and right. And then, and then being able to like gel and reduce turnovers and like, just kind of have that, that feeling where everybody like knows where the ball is and where it's going. Like, it's just like, you know it when you see it, like where the ball is just zipping around the, around the floor. Yeah. And and nobody's better at bringing that kind of like coaching that is required to to get a team there than 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 pop right yeah and and regardless of if our team have been good or been bad uh, we're always one of the lowest teams in turnovers um popovich is obviously one of his main disciplines that if you're gonna lose don't lose to yourself so he definitely expects that uh, of a lot of his players and i think i think that second lineup we mentioned where trey isn't involved is going to involve you know him really having trust with those guys to not only handle the ball but also to set up that offense that he wants. Because when Wemby is doesn't have to worry about being the five in that lineup, he's really I think I'm really most intrigued to see him at the three. Like we saw it in that second game a little bit, but when he was able to kind of like set a screen, hang around the elbow, hang around the perimeter, have the ball move around, and it comes back for him, and his shot is just yeah. like one if, on one. If anybody leaves him open on the three point yeah. arc, like he's going to knock it down. Yeah, I like yeah. We we saw that in the in the summer league. It's like he's got he's yeah. got that shot. Yeah, if you leave him if you leave him any space, especially because he can get it up 
quick, over anyone fairly yeah. quickly and, yeah. and over anybody like he's gonna he's gonna knock it down yeah like, i think people are at a are, really good are not clip. are gonna be surprised about his mid-range too uh he just he's he basically just absolutely and he his, shoots his and creativity his, is his like creativity around the basket, the basket. Like, <laughs> yeah just being able to turn really quickly and and get something up off right the, off of the glass like it's and when he misses it he's just right there the bag is pretty much limitless so what I and this is going to help outline just how concerned I am about how many players aren't going to get minutes. But basically, how I see it is, Devin Keldon Sohan will probably typically get thirty plus minutes a night. Yeah. Trey, Zach, and Wemby will probably get high twenties. They'll probably be rotating um, pretty often. And this is when it kind of gets hairy. You know, I think Malachi has earned his his kind of spot as being a six man type of role. He doesn't really need a lot to create his shot. He can work basically off of anyone. I think him and Bullock will probably see probably around 20 minutes a night. We'll see how much Pop trusts Malachi. He's still fairly young. And then we have like four guys who I think will be in the rotation, but probably very limited. Um, Doug and Chetty uh, will be kind of plug and play three guys. And then Bassie, who's a big man that I think will play. Uh, when we have a particularly deep night or, you know, especially if we have someone banged up, Bassey has shown that he can play pretty extensive minutes. And then I had to add his name later because I forgot that Devontae Graham also, I feel like, really proved himself in that end of the season where I think he's earned his minutes in the NBA in general. And I think he should still see ten to fifteen every night, and he can play. He can he can run the point, but he can also just play off ball. So, and then we didn't, I didn't even mention three of the guys who dominated uh, summer league: Shimpagni, uh, Barlow, and Wesley. All super young, all super raw, but I think they're all NBA players, like already for sure. So. It's going to be tough. There's going to be some hard decisions for us fans. I think we're going to be back to the era where we're all arguing every time we release um, starting lineup or injury report or whatever and just getting mad at Pop, even though we don't actually know anything. Um, I think Pop's going to rely early on in the season on the vets, but I think as the season goes on, I mean, I don't know if you saw Vegas put our, our over-under as 30-and-a-half wins, which is... Wow. Pretty disrespectful, but also it's like okay, you never know. Maybe, but also we just won twenty two games with those guys. You never know. And we added some like veterans and Wemby. I think we're probably gonna win over the thirty I, games. Yeah, but... no, I agree. I, I'm feeling much much more optimistic with just the way the roster looks now. Like not just because of Wemby, but yeah, it also doesn't hurt. Agreed. No, but that I'm glad that you broke it down into like the number of minutes the guys are probably going to play because that's probably I think that is like the more relevant thing to to really look at and kind of predict and move those pieces around and see how it it makes sense to us fans and you know all we can do is speculate until NBA season starts right but I mean the you know like even if Keldon doesn't start like uh, the five that I I said first. Um, I agree that like he's still going to get thirty plus minutes, and that's right. That's also like very in line with the way that the Spurs run their team. Like the sixth man very often is getting a lot of those minutes, soaking up a ton, a ton of minutes. Um, like Manu and Patty Mills have done, just you know, it like, really wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that, that, I know. That's how they we're, were all it. sad about that we didn't go get Patty Mills, but look at all the dudes I just named. Like, where would he? Yeah, 
You know, where yeah. would he have played? Where would he go? He he would have just been permanent towel waiver, which is great. Yeah. But you know, these guys can he'll, actually he'll get some minutes where, yeah. where he's so you know totally it totally, it totally I don't know makes where sense. He even ended up. I can't remember. It's, I'm totally blanking on it. He was it's either on the Thunder or the Pels, right? Ta- where do, do we know where Davis ended up? <laughs> He's on the Thunder. He's on the Thunder. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I think Patty ended up in Atlanta, where that's a good place for. Yeah, Davis. where Dejounte. Oh, signed Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. think so. Yeah, that sounds that sounds familiar. He was never getting used on that Nets team, so I understand. Yeah. Anyway, thanks again to the question from Jort Coyote. That was a good one. Good one. Uh, next one comes from a, a longtime listener. It's made several appearances on the mailbag segment. Wack Warner. Long time, long time TLE Blasters, so shout-outs to him. Um, who are some players outside of that guy from France that you think are going to surprise us this year? Who are some people that everyone thinks is going to be good but might actually stink it up? And he, he tagged that with a hashtag Team Trey Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think I think we do have a good idea of what we have with Trey, um, but I would, love, I would love for him to totally break out because that would just be another another piece that we have solidly in place um yeah i don't know my i i've been been loving watching julian champagne yeah um, he was too. great in that first summer league game but he I, I he was also playing against portland in the uh that austin game that i went to and and he totally balled out and had, yeah you know 25 plus or something um so just you know seeing him go off a couple times and and i, I like his game so I, yeah that would be my my pick. Yeah, I'd say for me, there's a couple. I mean, in general, I think we're all very excited to see Sohan how he progresses this year. I think he he really grew into it last year. Um, he really really started getting comfortable with his game and and with his position on the team. So him for sure. I think the other two I would say are Malachi. I think that he didn't get a ton of playing time on the first team last year, understandably, but whenever he did, uh, he was really efficient and he had multiple 20 point games um where he didn't take a ton of shots so i think that'll be a good sign for where he can kind of plug and play and then lastly Devonte graham i <clears throat> sort of fell in love with him as soon as he played i think the his first game he played for the spurs where he he literally played for another team like the night before <laughs> he came in and scored like 28 i think we were against the warriors the kings or someone and I just think he was the ultimate just professional guy. Even if he doesn't play a ton, I really like his swagger, and I really like his approach. So yeah, he's a hooper. I hope he gets a lot of playing time, um, but we'll see. Well, there is also the other half of that question. Who are the uh, people everyone thinks going to be good but might actually stink it up? And I know that oh, we don't yeah. disparage here. <laughs> Man. No disparaging that's comments rough. here on the Podcast. But that's really rough. If you had to that's pick a tough. dog. I like all my boys. I don't know. It's hard for me to slander my sons like this. Yeah. I guess, you know, it, maybe we just have the least data in a Spurs uniform for Zach Collins. Um, yeah. So, like, I I want to be wrong. Like, I, I, I've, I, liked, his, I liked his game in Portland, um, and I, I want to be wrong. But, uh, yeah, we, we just don't know. You know, I, I, wanna, I definitely want to see him, like, maybe turn the corner on, on some, some offensive stuff and just, like uh, – decision making you know like knowing his game and like sticking to that and and like really developing some of his strengths yeah um and then just like being a good teammate otherwise um and then i you know i think he'll like he because he's really solid on on offense i i gotta say 
yeah and then and then just like uh knowing his knowing his uh his spots on defense like really really hitting his spots and just like being a solid uh rib protector and like get you know giving Wemby that that outlet valve so that he can like get in and make make big plays um yeah it's hard for me to pick a guy i think last season was the first we've experienced in a long time where spurs fans genuinely could not complain about a lot of guys on any given day because we were literally trying to lose um and honestly i think i'm not saying it but spurs fans spurs on the reddit you know who you are definitely slandered Keldon a little way too much last year talking about his shot selection talking about him you know losing the ball him being a little careless he does turn it over quite a bit but you can't deny the upside he brings with that style of play so I think he'll be he's gonna work on that we've seen it with every Spurs player we've we've molded over the years you know his name is literally the Mustang like after some time he's going to He's going to iron it out. He's going to get more polished, and uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do with uh, with some real with some real shooters around him. Because he was he was chucking them last year. I think that's where it came from. Yeah. He was taking a lot of threes, and I think a lot of people just saw a lot of bricks. So that happened. But he was also I mean, what, was his good. shooting percentage terrible? Like I don't think so. I don't remember it being that bad. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. I. I keep thinking because in my mind you know i i'm not sure but in my mind he he looks like the sixth man right now yeah um, i mean he did shoot 33 percent last year in the previous year he scored 40 so yeah yeah no drop no, off for, for but... sure and but i mean there's a lot of reasons why he might have had like a little bit of a drop a drawback in in that stat just like given the season that the team had yeah and he took way more he took 6.5 attempts a game last year and the previous year, 5.3. So he probably doesn't need to take six and a half threes a game, but honestly. Right, because that sounds like he's, yeah, not taking as many open shots. Right, But, right. I mean, you know, but we, there's a lot of factors. We were searching. Into, we needed people to score. Like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if he's the sixth man, I mean, like, yeah, Manu Ginobili got in trouble all the time for pulling things and turning the ball over and taking shot, you know, taking wild shots and stuff, like. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. I think Keldon has the potential to like make an impact like that, especially if he were in that position, being the first one off the bench. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question, Wack Warner. Got to be careful about those negative Spurs takes. We don't want to lose our <laughs> pass privileges, anything like that. So we had to dance around that one. But our last one comes from a longtime TLE listener, Miguel Guerrero. Obviously, mostly listens to Tioli to get his Eastern Conference basketball news. This, this is where you come for <laughs> this it. This guy just our guy. refuses to watch the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, this one's going to be for Roger, our resident Eastern Conference expert, California right. Craycroft, checking in to give us some, some Big East takes. Right. Uh, is Miami even going to be able to make a Damian Lillard trade work? I mean, there's no way you're just trading Tyler Hero. Do they, do they think that you know they have picks to give out is Lillard going to be expected to just be another wing for Jimmy Butler when he gets there no I mean I I never really understood how that was supposed to happen considering like Miami's pretty much in a good spot as it is well they they lost Struce and Vincent they were just in the finals that's fair that's fair um I don't know if does Dame really bring what those guys brought to that team like I guess they were both high volume three-point shooters so in a way okay 
I mean, I guess Dame historically is like a pretty pretty solid defender too, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I I would like to see it for him. I I like Dame. I don't. I you know I don't. I really don't have any problem with him like calling it uh, with the the relationship he has with that team. Like he's done so much for them. That's there's really no no reason to like give him hate uh, for wanting to like try so, try on a new organization for for size but yeah. i i it's it's tough if the only destination is miami yeah because that that puts a lot of pressure on on the blazers yeah which it's so it'd be really hard for them and to i make mean they can't just you know you know it has to be a trade dame earns a crap ton of money uh they're really gonna have to finesse with several other teams to, to get that money to match up. Yeah, it's not going to be a two-team trade. And if they, like, I don't see how they don't lose Tyler Hero. Like, he just got a huge bag, and they don't have... They, they, they're going to have to give someone else up on that roster. And since they already lost those two guys, it's going to be like, what kind of team are you going to be walking into, Dame? Because it's just going to be you chucking up threes over there. You yeah. and Duncan Robinson, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah no, solid stuff. I appreciate Nate bailing out our Eastern Conference correspondent <laughs> there on some of those. Good Thanks for, for that question there, uh, Miguel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, folks, I think we've reached the end of this episode. The uh, The Summer League is coming to its end as we speak, and uh, we're, we're excited to see a new era of the beautiful game. Or as our friend Marco Bellinelli would say, La Bella Gamo. <laughs> Just like that. Like, that's where is this going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, folks, um, thanks for listening. Uh, like we said previously, we're going to try to keep to a monthly schedule moving forward. So hopefully we get you some preseason news as things are starting to ramp up. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. Season three of Take It or Leave It is a proud production of the Chandy Global Podcast Network. Hosted by Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Produced by Chandler Holloway. Featuring baseball correspondent Ross Newman and visual assets by Asha Kasethi. The music was produced by The Strokes, Los Campesinos, Alan Toussaint, Setsuo Yamamoto, and the Brothers Chaps. You can follow us on SoundCloud for new updates on episodes coming out every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com forward slash Chandy Global. That's soundcloud.com forward slash C-H-A-N-D-Y Global. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash take it or leave it 512, all one word. It's a great way to interact with the show's hosts and stay up to date with new news on the podcast. Also give us a follow on our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle is at Tioli512, that's at T-I-O-L-I-512. And of course, you can always follow our host, Nathan Fernandez. His Twitter handle is at NathanPF1. Great guy, plenty of great tweets. I'd give him a follow by reading. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.